Welcome to Speak Life. You know, I think that most people really get excited when someone makes the important decision to invite Jesus Christ to come into their life. But I also believe that far too often people receive salvation, but they never receive the discipleship and the training that they're really going to need in order to begin walking in the fullness of what Jesus Christ died to give them. So let me just start off today by saying that while Jesus was here on the earth, that Jesus viewed discipleship as being so very significant that he purposely instructed his disciples in saying, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, one definition of the word disciple is someone who adheres to the teachings of another. So basically what Jesus was saying here was to go and teach and train others the way I have taught and trained you. So although it's very important to accept Christ into your life, it's also very important for people to be taught and nurtured in the things of God, and especially when they're a brand new believer. Here's why. You know, when a baby is first born, that baby is very fragile. So this means that a newborn baby requires special care and attention. Well, the same thing is also true for newborn babies in Christ. They too are very fragile because they have not yet grown in their relationship with the Lord. So they're not very strong. This is why it's really important for new believers to immediately begin receiving discipleship so that they can be fed and they can be nurtured in a way that's going to help them grow healthy, strong, and stable. Well, today I want to share with you a few practical points that I believe are going to help disciple you in a way that's going to empower you to grow strong and firm in your new relationship with the Lord. But first I want to talk to you about what happened the moment that you invited Christ into your life. Because I really want you to gain an understanding of this, you see, because what happened is not only fascinating, it's actually a true miracle. Let me explain. When you were born, you were born, your spirit was born completely spiritually dead. And that was due to the fall of Adam and Eve because sin came into the world. So your spirit was completely spiritually dead when you were born. But the moment that you invited Jesus Christ to come into your life, the Holy Spirit actually began to take residence on the inside of you. And at that mo moment, your spirit becomes regenerated. Now, the definition of the word regenerate is to form or be formed again. So what happens is this. What happens is that you no longer have the sin nature that you were born with, but you are actually given the very nature of Christ. How miraculous is that? This is why the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation, and that old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And you know, when the Holy Spirit begins to live on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit is going to begin molding, shaping, and transforming you more and more into the very image of God. I'll never forget the day that I invited Christ to come into my life. The moment that I prayed that prayer, immediately I felt like something had changed on the inside of me. I knew that something was different. And I also noted, noticed immediately that my perspective on many things changed right away. It was like scales had just fallen off of my eyes. But although the Holy Spirit had already begun a, doing a work on the inside of me, I was a newborn baby in Christ. 
I was just born. So that meant that I needed to be fed. I needed to be nurtured. I needed to be trained in the things of God. Well, it wasn't very long at all before I discovered that the very best source of nourishment that I was going to be able to find was going to be contained within the written pages of the Word of God. This is why the Bible says, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you can grow up in your salvation. That spiritual milk is the Word of God, and the Bible instructs us to actually crave the spiritual milk so that we can begin growing up. You know, when you and I eat physical food, we're supplied with the nutrients that we're going to need in order to live healthy and productive lives, right? Well, the same thing is also true when we feed ourselves upon the Word of God, because when we read the Word of God, we're supplied with the nourishment that we're going to need in order to begin growing healthy and strong. This is why Jesus said that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So I want to encourage you to begin reading God's word today so that you can be supplied with the nourishment and the tools that you're going to need in order to be triumphant in every single area of your life. Amen. Well, right now I want to talk to you about another way that you can begin growing in your relationship with the Lord. And that is by simply spending time with God. And I really want you to understand this because I want you to know that God wants to spend time with you. You see, this is the very reason that he created mankind. The Bible says that God walked with Adam and Eve, the first man and woman, in the cool of the day. And the reason that he walked with them is because he loved them so much that he wanted to spend time with them. Nothing's changed. You see, God wanted to spend time with the first man and woman because he wanted to have a relationship with them and he wanted to fellowship with them and he still wants to spend time with his creation today. But I want you to keep in mind that in order to have a relationship with anyone, you're going to need to spend time with them and you're going to need to keep the communication open with them because if you don't spend any time with them, you're not going to have a very strong relationship. So that means that if you're going to have a relationship with the Lord, you're going to want to invest time with him. Otherwise, your relationship's only going to continue to remain very distant. That is why I personally love to start each and every day by spending time with God. My favorite time is to spend time with the Lord first thing in the morning. It just sets the course of the whole day. I love to talk to him. I love to praise him. I love to just tell him how much I trust him as I'm spending time with him. You know, one of the things that I love about prayer is that it reminds me that I'm not the one in control, but that God is the one that's in control. But even though God is in control, we still need to spend time in prayer. In fact, prayer is one of the most important things that any Christian can do. That's why the Bible encourages us to spend time in prayer. Jesus, our example, understood just how important prayer was. And so that's why he made it a point purposefully to spend time talking to and communing with the Lord so that he could receive everything that he needed to receive from God. The Bible tells us very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You see, Jesus understood 
that in order to fulfill the plans and the purposes that God had intended for his life, that was going to mean that he needed to spend time in prayer so that he could receive the strength and the instructions that he was going to need in order to fulfill his destiny. So if it was important enough for Jesus to do this, it should be equally as important for you and I to do this as well. I want to encourage you to begin spending time with the Lord every single day. And listen, don't be deceived into believing that praying is somehow difficult or that you would be bothering God in some way, because none of that is true. The truth is this. The truth is, is that you can pray about anything, anytime, and anywhere, and that no prayer is too small or too big for God to care about and for God to answer. I want you to know that God cares about you and he cares about everything that's going on in your life and he wants you to talk to him about it. And this can be done simply by spending time in prayer. Amen? Praise God. When you pray, don't approach God like you're bothering him or, or that you're somehow feeling sheepish as you come before him. No, when you pray, pray in confidence, knowing that God cares and he will answer your prayers. In fact, the Bible tells us to come boldly before the throne of grace. That's why we don't have to pray sheepishly. We can come boldly before the Lord. You see, because if you're in Christ, you can come before him boldly because God views you, not through your mistakes and the uh, failures that you've made in your life, but God views you through the lens of his son, Jesus Christ, because of everything that Jesus did on the cross. Uh, excuse me, on the cross. So you're, you're in right standing with the Lord. God views you through the lens of Jesus Christ. So when you pray, expect God to answer and come boldly before him, knowing that he is going to listen and he is going to answer your prayers. Well, maybe you're watching today and you're a Christian, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, but maybe you have done something as of recent that has just caused you to feel embarrassed or ashamed of yourself in some way. I want you to understand that you've not blown it. You have not blown your salvation. You know, I, I get so tired of people teaching false doctrine and telling people that they have to stay good enough to make it into heaven. If you've invited Jesus Christ to come into your life, that's a sealed deal. And at the end of your lifetime, you will go to heaven. And making mistakes and committing sins in your life is not going to cause you to lose your salvation. Now, please understand, I'm not encouraging you to sin. In fact, I discourage it because sin is only going to harm you. What I'm saying here is this. What I'm saying is that I personally, personally believe that the only way that you can lose your salvation is if you were to completely renounce Jesus Christ as being your Lord and Savior. But here's the thing that sin can do. Sin can cause you to feel so embarrassed and so ashamed about yourself that you won't spend any time with the Lord in prayer. So it's during these particular times that you basically just have to stop and say, God, I blew it. You already know that I did. I blew it. I messed up. I'm sorry. God, please forgive me. 
You see, because in doing this, what this is going to do is that it's going to break down that wall of uncomfortableness that you personally have put up between you and God because of your sin. So whatever it is, whatever might be hindering you from praying today, whether you're feeling ashamed about something or whether you just feel like you're bothering God in some way, I want to encourage you today to break down that wall that's been hindering you from praying and spending time with God so that once again you can begin spending time with a God that is just longing to spend time with you. He loves you and he wants to spend time with you. You know, even though the Lord loves you, I want you to understand that there's a real God, but there's also a real enemy. And I want you to understand that the moment that you invited Christ into your life, you entered into a real spiritual battle. And because of this, your enemy, the devil, is going to try to do everything that he possibly can to try to prevent you and hinder you from fulfilling the plans and purposes that God has for your life. And oftentimes, he's going to use those that are the very closest to you. So in order to maintain a strong relationship with the Lord and in order to stay on track, who you allow into your sphere of influence is going to be very, very important. That's why the Bible tells us to choose our friends wisely. Proverbs 12 and 26 warns us in saying, the righteous should choose their friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Listen, who you spend time with will absolutely impact your life. And when you spend a substantial amount of time around those whose lives are filled with compromise and sin, you are endangering yourself by exposing yourself to the entangling and negative influences of others and the effects that they can have upon your life, especially when you're a brand new believer. That's why the Apostle Paul said that bad company corrupts character. I can remember when I first invited Christ to come into my life, I was so excited. But even though I was very excited, it was also a very lonely time in my life because all of my friends were drinking and partying and they really could have cared less about having anything to do with the Lord. It's very sad but true. But because I was determined to stay on track I made the decision to cut off all negative influences in my life so that they wouldn't have the opportunity to try to lure me back into a lifestyle of compromise. And you know, at first I tried to do this subtly because I didn't want to hurt their feelings. But then I began to notice that when I spent time with them, I began to fall back into old patterns and old habits and old mindsets. And also, strange things would happen. For instance, I can remember one Friday night, I was feeling very lonely and very bored, and suddenly the phone rang, and it was a friend of mine inviting me to come to a party. When I told her that I didn't think it would be wisdom for me to go to that party, she began to say, oh, Shannon, come on. You, you really need to get out. You don't have to stay very long. You don't have to drink. Just come for a little while. You see, this is exactly how the enemy works. He knows exactly who to send. He knows exactly when to tempt you. And he knows exactly what to say. Well, as she was trying to convince me to come to this party, I thought, well, you know, I don't have to stay very long. Maybe I should just go for a little while. What, what harm could it do? Finally, I heard these words coming out of my mouth. I said, listen, 
I am not going to go to that party. You see, I had finally come to the realization that if I was going to maintain a stable walk with the Lord, that was going to mean that I was going to need to cut off anyone and anything that might even try to attempt to interfere with my relationship with him. But as time went on and as I matured in my walk with the Lord, I purposefully began spending time with those whose lives were filled in darkness and, and filled with sin so that I could love on these people and so that I could be a witness to them for Christ. But I certainly didn't do this in the very beginning, but I did as I later matured in the Lord. And look, even Jesus did this. Jesus purposely spent time with sinners so that he could show them the love of God and so that he could teach them the ways of the Lord. But these people were not in his inner circle. In fact, Jesus only allowed a few people to be in his inner circle because Jesus understood the wisdom and the benefit in doing this. So the bottom line is this. The bottom line is that people are either going to strengthen your walk with God or they're going to hinder it. But on the other hand, God doesn't want us to live our lives in complete and total isolation either. God wants us to be in relationship with others. He just wants those relationships to have a positive impact upon our lives. Because after all, having strong Christian relationships should be a tremendous asset to our walk with God. That's why the Bible tells us that as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And you know, anytime that you sharpen something, it should always become more efficient and more effective. That's why it's going to be really important for you to have friends that have sharpening qualities so that they can help to improve and enhance your relationship with the Lord, making it that much more effective. You know, I really believe that having the right people in our lives can not only affect our walk with the Lord, but it can affect our entire destiny. And so can going to the right church. I want you to understand that you don't have to go to church in order to be a believer in Jesus Christ. But I really believe that going to the right church will not only help you to grow and become more stable in your relationship with the Lord, but that going to the right church can dramatically affect your entire destiny. There's that word again, right. If you'll notice, I've used it quite a bit today. You see, because in order to do and to be everything that God has called you to be, you're going to need to have the right friends, go to the right church, and make the right decisions every single day of your life because fulfilling your destiny is going to be all about making the right decisions every day of life. And this is why I strongly believe that going to church, the right church, is going to be very instrumental in your fulfilling your destiny. Now the word church is a biblical word for assembly. And the biblical model for the church is a body of believers united together in fellowship praying and encouraging one another, as well as receiving teachings and instructions through church leadership. But I want you to know that the church is not about the building. The church is the body of Christ. So this means that your church doesn't have to have stained glass windows or a pointed cathedral ceiling. In fact, many churches meet in conference rooms as well as in homes. And this is very scriptural. 
This has been going on for many years. The Bible tells us that Lydia had a house church and that and uh, Priscilla and Aquila had a home church, and so did Mary, the mother of John. There's many examples in the Bible of home churches. You might be thinking, well, I'd like to go to church, but how do I find the right church? Well, you find the right church simply by praying and asking God to lead you to the right church and then begin visiting different churches. But listen, as you are visiting these churches, you're going to need to remain realistic because there's no such thing as the perfect pastor or the perfect church because people are imperfect. But although you're never going to find the perfect church or the perfect pastor, it's going to be imperative that you find a church that is teaching sound biblical doctrine. And part of the sound biblical doctrine that any solid church should be teaching should be that there's only one way to receive forgiveness of your sins, and that is only through Jesus Christ. And that salvation cannot be earned. You can't work for it. You can't be good enough for it because it's a free gift. And that the Bible is the only authentic word of God, not another book along with the Bible, but one book and one book only is the authentic word of God. Now, there's many other points that you should be looking for when you're checking out the church doctrine, but I believe that these are the three main points that you should be looking for. I want to share a quick story with you before we close out today, because I want you to understand just how essential that going to the right church can be. Years ago, I was attending church when I began to discern that my season at that church was coming to an end. So I began praying and asking the Lord where he wanted my daughter and I to attend church. So we began visiting different churches. And one morning I was visiting a church when the Lord suddenly spoke to my heart, this is your new church home. Well, I wasn't very happy about this, you see, because the majority of the church members were all very elderly. And as much as I love the elderly, this particular church just did not seem like the right fit for my family. And when I told my daughter what the Lord had told me, she wasn't happy about it at all. She said, Mom, I don't want to go to that church. She said, it's boring and it's full of old people. But as, but as she and I faithfully continued to attend the church, the church the Lord instructed us to go to, the right church, something amazing happened one day. One Sunday morning after church, a gentleman walked up to my daughter. She handed her a guitar and he said, I feel very strongly that I am supposed to give you this guitar as a gift. Now my daughter had taken piano lessons and she was playing keyboard, but she had never expressed a desire to play an acoustic guitar. But because she was so excited about her new instrument, she went home and she began to practice. And she practiced and she practiced. And eventually she went on to write and record her own Christian music that was actually very, very good. You see, my daughter discovered a significant portion of her destiny all because of the fact that we were willing to attend the right church. And you know, I could tell you story after story about how going to the right church affected my life, but I'm running out of time here. What I can tell you is this, never be deceived into believing that going to church isn't important because going to the right church can dramatically affect you and your family's entire life. You know, God has an amazing plan for each and every one of our lives. And his plan will always lead us to his very best. 
But having a clear understanding of God's vision for your life is going to be very important so that you can plan and take the necessary steps that are needed in order to see that plan come to fruition. God tells us that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. Now the word power in the Greek means dynamis and the definition of that is miraculous working power. And now that you have received Jesus Christ into your life, and now that you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, God's Spirit is going to give you the power to be able to do incredible things in your life, more than you could ever imagine. So hold on to the phenomenal vision that God has given you for your life. Stay connected to the right people and the right church so that you can embrace this spectacular new beginning that God has intended for your life. Amen. Maybe you've never made the decision to invite Christ to come into your life, so that means that you're not in Christ. You know, we talked earlier about the fact that when you pray and you invite Christ into your life, something supernatural occurs on the inside of you. Not only are you forgiven for all the mistakes and sins that you've committed, but you become a brand new creation. So I want to give you an opportunity right now to pray with me and to invite Christ to come into your life. Won't you pray with me? Let's pray together. Father God, I come before you and I just ask that you would forgive me for all the mistakes and all the sins that I've committed in my life. And I ask that you would for, just forgive me and that you would wash me clean. And right now I accept your son, Jesus Christ, into my life. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, you've been born again. You are now a brand new creation. Thank you for joining me today. And remember to always speak life.